Is mom still there? No, she just left. Okay. I am recording us. So that means you have to behave yourself, little sister. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see how that goes. I know. So what are you up to? Um, I'm looking at pies on the internet. (laughs) Why? Um, well, you had asked me where my favorite pie restaurant was and what was my favorite pie from there. And it inspired me to, to look at their menu, um, because they change seasonally and they have some really great pies. So I just wanted to see what they had at the moment. They always have, it's called Emporium Pies. It's in Dallas, Texas. They always have a few staples. Um, my very favorite is called the Smooth Operator. It's a French silk chocolate with a pretzel crust. Um, you kind of said that with like a sexy pretzel tongue. It's a sexy pie. It's about as sexy as pies come. It's like smooth it's, on your tongue, like like the ti- like the name would imply. It, yeah, it's um, it's basically like this luscious, silky, creamy ganache inside a pretzel crust. So the perfect blend of salty, sweet, smooth, crunchy, creamy, chocolate deliciousness. So when are we going to Dallas? (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you what, I miss Dallas right now. And their pies are beautiful too. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. I mean, I'll have to check it out online and then maybe next time I'm in that neighborhood, I'll I'll check it out too. But that's probably not going to be any time in the near future because you know I got stuff to do so you want to you want to talk about a little bit about what we're up to and why we do what we do and who we are and introduce ourselves officially yeah okay do you want to start um, or do you want me to start yeah you start oh okay (laughs) well that means I have to be ready um I'm Amy And I own a bakery in Long Island City, and I love to bake. You're my sister, who taught me a bunch of stuff. I'm going to try not to swear. Uh, Got me to where I am today. And so kind of want to do a podcast about baking and our travel experiences with trying to always find something sweet in all the places we go and also uh, reconnecting to my roots and my village because as a small business owner I can be in my own bubble a lot and I don't always reach out and you know connect with my people Good. That's kind of like two second, 20 second version. So how about you? Okay. Well, um, I think it's a fantastic idea and obviously a topic that we're both super passionate about. Um, so my name is Beth, AKA Beppy and I'm Amy's little sister. Um, Amy asked me to do this podcast with her you know, her premise was, let's talk about things that we love, food, travel, food culture, sweet culture, most importantly, Mm -hmm. and um, our experiences in baking, share recipes that we love, 
those kinds of things. So I thought it was a great idea. Um, combined, we probably have about 20 plus years of professional baking experience, much more of <laughs> amateur growing up as bakers. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're aging um, inspired by a dad who, who was a baking fiend. So um, I have been a professional baker for 15 plus years, worked in all over the West Coast in California, Oregon, Washington, um, and also in Texas and New York. So yeah, my background, um, I was thinking about this, my, my background, I always say is in fine arts. However, it just seems like <laughs> so many moons ago that that was the case that now I almost feel like my background really is culinary. Um, so my background was in fine arts, transferred um, fine arts to culinary, learned, learned baking on the job really, uh, many, many very talented people and um, have worked in lots of bakeries, uh, mostly uh, specialty custom cake shops making designer wedding cakes and baking cakes, cupcakes, any anything, pies, um, brownies, bars, croissants, all kinds of sweet treats. So that's that's where I'm coming from. I love doing what I do and sharing it with people. Well, thank you. I, I hear ice. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's my beverage. <laughs> that's, my, that's my tasty <laughs> reward. <laughs> so I... I baked all day. Well, I didn't bake all day, but I decorated cakes all day at work for eight plus hours. And then I came home and baked a chocolate cake for my our niece's birthday. Yeah, she turns And now I'm talking cake and I'm having a reward. <laughs> Good. Good for you. I'm having a reward too. Bay turns nine tomorrow, right? Yeah. Oh my goodness, she's so old. Anyways, nice to meet you, Beps. <laughs> thanks thanks for doing the Likewise. doing the show with me so so we're gonna we're gonna talk about a bunch of different stuff but we're gonna basically be talking about baking travel and probably share some family stories because we have a ton of them that have to do with baking and and then also some of our favorite haunts and around the world and around the country and also uh, some of our favorite recipes, right? Yeah, let's do it. So... I think that when we were talking about what we'd want to talk about first, besides introducing ourselves, would be what you usually eat or what we've always taken over to friends' houses or whatever for July 4th. And I would say that I haven't really ever taken cake over to like a barbecue or anything like that. It's mostly been like a crumble or a pie or something around this time of year, especially because it's berry season, right? Yeah. So we decided that we both have decent pie crust recipes and we were going to exchange them and kind of give reviews of them and see what 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 we liked about them or what what they were different and then um share a couple of recipes that we tried over the past week. We both made berry pies. I made a 
well, I made a peach raspberry pie with your pie crust recipe. And then I, today at the shop, I made a blueberry pie with my recipe. And I tried, I baked it right before I left and I tried not to like bring a slice home with me. So that will be my breakfast tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I made a peach and berry pie too. So that's funny. We both, we didn't talk about the what flavors. kind of pie exactly we were making before, but we did, we did ex- uh, exchange crust recipes so that I would try hers and she would try mine, both that we swear by, um, so that we would know, you know, what the others was like. So that's funny that we both made peach berry combos. So I made a peach it's blueberry like strawberry with blueberries and strawberries from my garden. Um, that turned out really good. Did you do you use frozen berries in your pie or fresh berries? Eh? Fresh. Okay. Um, so I've I've tried both, and um, do you find that there's a difference? Well, I think in I, flavor I or texture, prefer- probably right, because it's like the water contents. Yeah, I would prefer to use fresh when possible. Um, you know, if you wanted to make a berry pie out of berry season, then frozen might be your best option, and then um, you might just have to adjust your uh, your recipe a little bit to account for you know. So the excess water that comes out of frozen berries. Sure. Huh. Did you, what, so do you want to talk about the crust first or do you want to talk about, continue to talk about the insides? Because um, I had a couple questions about like how you do your berry pies because I, I use a couple things in mine uh, just like over the years and I experimented different things this week and I was like oh I don't think I'll do that again or maybe I'll do that again but do you want to talk about crust let's well since we already started talking about filling let's do that I I think that um you know really it's all about the crust like if you have a crappy crust then it's not even worth eating but um and that's probably the hard part so let's let's save that for last let's talk about the filling okay so I made um so I made a peach raspberry pie, and a lot of times when I make, and it sounds like you had, you know, you have a lot of access to a decent amount of berries in your garden. You know, my garden in Brooklyn, and we didn't really tell, I don't think we really said, like, where we're call, calling from and where we're, like, kind of coordinating our this conversation from, but my garden, in, Bro- my garden in Brooklyn has a pear tree, so there are trees that grow in Brooklyn, and a couple of them are in my yard, and um, and so the first year that I, three of them you have <laughs> three, and then I have a bunch of loud birds that woke me up way too early this morning. So, anyways, <laughs> focus. Um, I I have a pear tree in my backyard. So the first year that we moved in here, that pear tree produced so much fruit, and so uh, for Thanksgiving that year. I made a pear tart, a pear crumble, really. So, and it didn't, it was, the pears were so hard, like they just didn't ripe. But there was a couple that were actually pretty good. So uh, that was interesting. But anyways, for, for the berry pies that I made last 
um, over the past week. One of them, in today's pie, I put tapioca in, which historically I remember dad putting in his pies all the time. And I think grandma also, as as instead of cornstarch, because I don't remember them being very big fans of cornstarch, but um, or or flour in the pie, in you know in the filling, um, uh-huh. and I love tapioca, so, and I know not everybody's a fan of tapioca, so I put it in the blueberry pie today, and um, but I it's kind of. Interesting because I haven't used tapioca in a pie in a really long time because I've just been kind of experimenting with different things. So, so that would be your thickening agent. Yeah. In the pie, does tapioca have a flavor to it? No, not really. I think it takes on the flavor of whatever it's with. And does it? So when I think of tapioca, I think of tapioca pudding where it's got a little bit of a like uh, sort of a bubble texture to it. Yeah. Um, when you put it in the pie filling, does it have that texture or does it go all the way smooth? Uh, it does have some of the texture still. Okay. Yeah. But sometimes if like, and I mean, I could probably comment on this more tomorrow because in terms of what I use, so like the quick tapioca pearls. So it's much finer and it will and it then if you put the the actual big pearls in there you're not going to do that so right. like that you would use for the pudding like you're using the the instant kind of more of the instant ones for the pie as okay. the thickening agent and do you just add them to your berry mixture and do you cook your berry mixture or do you just um stir it all together like raw with the sugar and the berries and the tapioca and then bake it in the pie shell yeah while cooking it first i I don't cook it first. Yeah. Okay. Um, I I just put it all together, let it sit for a while, sometimes throw in some orange juice or some lemon juice, and sometimes some alcohol, because I like to bake with alcohol. Um, uh-huh. And like amaretto or something that's going to add some kind of nice flavor, like peach amaretto or peach bourbon. Um, and uh, then I go from there. Yeah. Okay. Do you ever cook yours? So I've tried it both ways, and I think I prefer it um, not cooked. And the reason being simply is because when you start to cook the berries, it you could overcook them, them yeah. really, really easily uh, and quickly, and they tend to break down a little bit yeah. too much. And although it still tastes delicious, the flavor is still delicious, uh, just as delicious if you didn't cook them first. Um, the texture, I just prefer, it may be just a personal preference, I prefer to have some of the whole berry chunks left yeah. in the pie rather than to have it be like just like um, completely broken down berries sort of pureed together if that makes sense so it just it just breaks them down a little bit too much I think when you cook them so if you just um so what I like to do is I take whatever fruit I'm using so if it's if it's berry based pie I like to use a little bit of lemon zest and a little bit of lemon juice and sugar and um uh I do use cornstarch and then I just fold it gently Mm -hmm. together and then put that in the pie shell and bake it. That sounds good. Do you tend to follow recipes 
and write down your measurements or do you just kind of be like, I have a cup of raspberries, a cup of blueberries and some like two apples. I'm going to work it with it. So I just throw uh, stuff well, in there and like, and then I'm like, Oh, I have a customer or somebody say that pie was amazing. And I'm like, oops, I didn't write down what I did to it. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So that's always, that's always the, the life of, I think a professional baker because what I tend to do historically is, um, I would start with a recipe, especially if you're kind of new to baking or, um, don't have as much experience under your belt. Um, I would definitely start with a recipe and then, um, take it where you want it to go. Now I can look at a recipe without even trying it for the most part. Not, it depends on what it is, but like a cake or or a pie or, or something along those lines, I can look at it and say, okay, I'm not going to like this. It has too much of this, too little of that, or I, you know, I want to add this or that. So, um, I can look at the recipe and, and kind of take it where I, where I want it to go before I even try it out. Yeah. And then from there, tweak it even more. So it is difficult, but, um, I try to write down the changes that I make as I go so that I can, you know, take it to the next level next time. I can recreate it exactly mm-hmm. if I really liked it or if I didn't like it tweak and it. I need to tweak something yeah. else, I can do that. So it takes a little bit of discipline <laughs> to be able to do, remember, just to remember to do that as you go. But I think um, it really pays off because, you, you know, you can pick up where you left off and and really make a, a recipe your own. Yeah, I think, so, I, I, think I need to... I need some more discipline. <laughs> it's hard. I don't, I don't, I, don't, you know, I, don't I never like taking notes. Take <laughs> yeah. Well, that, go ahead. I think uh, starting out, I remember, you know, I always followed a recipe to the T. And then as you, as I got a little more experience under my belt, I started to understand what, you know, what different recipes need and don't need or kind of experiment a little bit more and, and play with things and, and play with flavors and textures and, and things like that. And then developing recipes became one of my all time favorite things to do with baking. So. You're really good at it. Thank you. You're welcome. I uh, think it's because I enjoy it so much. <laughs> it's because I enjoy the taste testing part so much. <laughs> I know. It's so it's a hard job, but somebody's gotta do it, right? So I, I have a question to ask you. And this I mean this might be getting a little sticky in our first conversation. Um but can I ask you a very personal question? Okay. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you, do you as a cake decorator as like a uh, like rock star cake decorator, do you like cake better than pie or pie better than cake? <laughs> I definitely have um, a soft spot in my heart for cake. In fact, really, I, I thought you were gonna yeah. say pie because I'm like really? hand, I'm hands down like like if a piece of pie was in front of me or a piece of cake was in front of me, I don't even think it would matter what flavor that cake was. I'd be like. Give me that pie. Really? Yeah. Because okay. it's the crust, and it's like I I just love fruit, so I'm you know. Yeah. I'm a sucker for, 
Unless it was, yeah, no, I think it would be always, I would go for the piece of pie. I'd be like, yeah. let so them eat when pie. when you ask me that very personal question, it's interesting as, as a baker and somebody that's been doing this, you know, for living for a long time. Yeah. My, my head didn't even go to like, which one would I prefer to eat? My head went to, my brain was like, my thought process was like, which one do I love all around? Like, which one do I prefer to make? Which one do I prefer to create, like, and invent flavors? Mm-hmm. Um, and play with, and so, like, hands down, it's cake. Well, I guess, yeah, and, you can play, uh-huh. you can, I can think when you think about playing, you can, you, you don't really think... Like, you're like, oh, maybe I'll braid that pie crust a little differently this time, but, or I'll cut out some stars and some stripes and, and do a lattice stars and stripes top, but yeah, outside of that and drawing a turkey on it, or like I saw one recently that was pretty amazing. That was like an octopus face, like a crack, a crack in pie. I was like, that's impressive. Yeah, you get pretty creative with the crust. Yeah. If you were so inclined. Oh, speaking of crust. I know. We haven't really we talked talk about crust. crust. Yeah. So, yeah, crust. You gave me a hard time. You were judging me the other day when I gave you my, my pie crust recipe that has <laughs> alcohol in it. Because I said you put beer in everything. Not everything, but as much <laughs> as I can. <laughs> because, I mean, I love beer, but it's also because... Uh, as I hear your glass clink, um, I judging you. (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to throw stones from this glass house, but (laughs) I'm drinking a strawberry, a chocolate strawberry stout because it's actually like 80 degrees outside versus a hundred. Like it has been the last couple days. So I decided to go stout tonight. Oh, for the cold weather. Yeah. Because it's cold. (laughs) (laughs) So that chilly 80 degrees. Yeah. What are you drinking? What are you drinking? A Manhattan? Actually, that is, that is pretty cold for July for you guys. I know. So, why do you put beer in your pie crust? Because, because I want to drink the the beer. <laughs> the pie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I put it in there as as a as an a liquid agent, and uh, kind mm-hmm. of like you know soda um I don't know I I found the recipe and I'm gonna put it in the the notes because I was when I was like I don't write down my recipes when I and you might do this too but when I look for new recipes and to kind of experiment with things I like read a ton of recipes and then I mash them together usually or change a couple things Uh sometimes I think I should follow the recipe exactly and then decide uh-huh. to doctor it up. But I, I, I feel like I don't have the attention span to do that because I have, you know, decent amount of experience. So I can, I feel like I can like you be like, Oh, I don't think that's, I'm going to like that. And I'm going to throw this in and, and then that saves like an extra step. Yeah. This recipe I found, I really like text, the texture of it and just kind of being able to throw in, a beer that might be might complement the filling. So uh-huh. like like the a couple of weeks ago I made a blueberry crumb pie and I put 
a ginger beer in the crust. And I thought it was really nice. And then today, the pie that I made, the blueberry pie that I made, it has uh, Blue Moon Cinnamon Horchata beer in it. Uh-huh. Which I thought, like, you can't really you can't really taste, but in the pie dough, because that's pretty much the best part about making a pie, I think, sometimes, is the pie dough, is uh-huh. you can actually taste it. And the difference between the ginger one and then the cinnamon horchata. So it's, uh-huh. it was interesting, yeah. Um, and so p- why would you go with um, a beer, say, for example, because you mentioned the cinnamon horchata, yeah. um, why would you go with a beer with, whose flavors are more subtle as opposed to like another liqueur, um, like a cinnamon liqueur, or apple, even like an apple liqueur whose flavors would be more intense? Have you tried with liqueurs as well? And pie? Mm-hmm. Just in the filling, not in the crust. But you do, okay. yeah, pose a good, like, I think you could definitely switch it out for amaretto or something like that. Or cinnamon schnapps. But that might be like, that might, you know, punch you in the face. Yeah, maybe. So. So I think um, it would be worth a mention that the re- <laughs> the reason that... Um, or maybe we didn't, I don't know if we mentioned it, that you tried my pie crust and I tried your pie crust. We were having a conversation. Actually, we were uh, we were boasting about how good our pie crusts were. I was boasting about how good mine was and she hers. So we decided that we should swap. So the pie crust that I typically make um, is basically uh, a verbatim from sunset magazine a couple years ago they they published um a pie crust with a shortbread like consistency that i fell in love with and so it's not your typical traditional pie crust um but it's it's just i think it's absolutely delicious so that's the one that i typically make especially with berry pies and that amy tried and then hers is more of a, a a little bit of a it's more of a typical pie. Uh, let's let's say a, a luscious take on the traditional pie crust. <laughs> Wait, a bo- boozy traditional pie crust. You're not supposed to call me names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's okay to be a lush. That's we like bake for a living. Like. <laughs> I feel like when Don't I try and justify it. when I start my day with like. A brownie and a chocolate chip cookie, like, it's, like, you know, it's an uphill battle from there. Yeah. So, anyways, so, so when I add I beer to should, my pie crust. Yeah, let's talk about um, the, <laughs> what goes into making a pie crust and, and uh, sort of the rules to abide by, because there are some definite rules to abide by when making a pie crust in order to get your buttery flaky texture and flavor instead of a hard uh, tough mess yeah so so do we do we can we like narrow them down into like maybe top five things to pay attention to when you're making a pie crust yeah let's do it i think yeah number one don't over mix it don't over mix it 
Okay, we agree on that. <laughs> you, okay, number two. Use cold fat. Yes. So, I like a combination of butter and shortening because butter is going to add all that good buttery flavor that you like in a pie crust. Shortening, on the other hand, doesn't have that flavor, um, but butter melts at a very low temperature. So if you use a combination of the two, you can kind of get uh, meat in the middle and get the best of, the texture, of both worlds. But yeah. you want to have your both your fats. If you use all butter, if you use all shortening, whatever you decide to do, if you use a combination of both, you want to have all your fats very, very cold, as cold as possible. And keep them cold. If you're working in a warm environment, then it might be a good idea to um, put your say in New York in the summertime. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to be like, oh, like my kitchen. Crust back in the fridge from time to time, even while you're, you know, in the middle of, of working it um, yeah. very to important. get it chilled back up. So that's very important. Yeah. And that's the reason being is because if your fat gets too warm and soft, then it's just, it makes it really easy to overmix your pie crust. And um, that... Uh, ends in um, kind of a mess rather than your your nice flaky pastry buttery layers that you're going for really like in and I guess this would be another one of the top five tips you want you want everything to be cold and chilled right yeah you want your water to be cold too or or your liquids like you know your liquid like you know you you pour you pour that third cup of beer in that pie crust and then you pour yourself the rest and you want them both to be cold what? you want them both to be cold uh, yes <laughs> absolutely whether you're sipping it or you're you're using it in your pie crust yeah yeah and that's because um well beer tastes delicious when it's cold and also because the cold liquid that you're adding is going to help keep your, your everything fats cold chilled. Yeah. so um so a lot of times a pie crust... Yeah, a lot of people use ice water. Yeah. You know, just water, but yeah. a recipe will call for ice water, so that's that's the reason for that. Yeah. So there, like if so that's when you want to follow the directions. Like, I think, like, some of the first pies that I ever made, I, I didn't use ice water. But I think Dad, like, because Dad, he's... Dad and Grandma used to make pies all the time. And, uh-huh. like, I remember... That was, like, one of his tips was, like, I would just remember him filling, like, a mug of water, and then he'd put it in the freezer, and he would start doing the butter and everything like that, and then the the water would be super cold by the time he's ready to add it, and then, and then you're, you know, we were on the West Coast, so it was never hot like it is out here in New York in the summertime, so... You know, when when I brought out the butter this afternoon and everything was super chill, it's already kind of getting mushy by the time I'm mixing it and everything like that. So it has to go back in the fridge for a little bit uh-huh. before I uh-huh. before I continue to mix it. But. Yeah. Yep. So cold. So don't overmix cold, cold fats. And um, I would say if you have a uh, food processor use it it's your best friend when you're making a crust um it's much easier to just hit pulse a couple of times and it incorporates the fats with the flour um really evenly rather than uh, a pastry blender 
it, it takes a lot longer to do it with a pastry blender or with your hands. But if you can just, if you do have access to a food processor, you can make a really nice crust with it. Now I was thinking today when I was making it, I was, I was thinking we're going to have this conversation and I thought this, this was going to come up. And one of the things that I, I actually prefer is mixing with my hands using gloves, of course, but, um, I, I like the tactile-ness of it. So I like, I, I've used a, you know, pastry knife and but I really like mixing it with my hands, which then you, I feel like you have to be extra careful not to over mix it because everything gets warm or faster. But, um, that's a good point. It's my preferred, yeah, it's my preferred way. What was that? Number three? pointer top three things to remember when making a pie crust okay so don't over mix yeah make sure everything's really cold and kind of back to to not over mixing so the texture that you're going for is kind of mealy and crumbly um mm-hmm. for example if you're using you're using well whether you mix with your hands or you're using a, a food processor when you're just looking at your pie crust it's gonna look like a pile of crumbles. But then when you take and press it in your hands, you know, you can take from, if you're using your hands, obviously that's going to be easy. Or if you're using a food processor, just take your hands and pinch a little bit of it. It's going to hold together. So that's when you know it's ready. You don't want it to look like a ball of dough. Then you've overmixed it. Mm -hmm. You want it to look crumbly. And then when you take and press it in your hands, it will hold together. And then you can form it into a ball which is when you want to um, chill it again before you roll it out. So the texture that you're going for for a proper pie crust is going to look, you know, appear visually crumbly. But when you touch it, if that makes sense, when you when you squeeze it, it's going to hold together a little bit. Yeah, and your and your pie crust recipe is very crumbly to the point yeah, where I was like, I was like, I think this needs more liquid. But I was like, Beth has really good recipes. I'm just I'm going to follow directions for once. And I, and I did. Are you proud of me? The other thing is, and then, well, with pie crust, because you said it, it, it appears really crumbly, you, you can um, piece it together. If you if you can't get, like, a whole, you know, it's pretty forgiving in that way. If you can't get a full cover your, your first try when you're actually putting it in your pie tin, if a chunk breaks off and you have a piece missing from the edge, just piece it together. You know, no one's going to see that if, after you've filled your pie. So it's pretty forgiving that way. Yeah, and um, so when I was I was making yours, I did exactly what you just talked about. Like I made a like I grabbed a handful and I put it in my hand to test it, and I was like, oh, it sticks together. It it is it is done, even though it looks like so super crumbly. Yeah, and the other thing is that if you see chunks of butter, that's okay. Like yes. when you're you know when you're baking, typically you're like, ooh, I have to emulsify everything until it's totally smooth. But when you're doing a pie crust or a biscuit, you know you you don't you, you want really want to err on the side of undermixing, so that even if you see little chunks of butter in there, still don't worry about it. It's, it's okay. That's what's going to make it nice and and flaky and beautiful. Cool. That might have been, like, number four, really. Is there a fifth one? I just pulled that. <laughs> so, um, I think we should touch on rolling it out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, um, I have some good tricks for making that your life really easy when you're trying to roll it out. Do you share? Um, so, 
So you could use parchment or wax paper. I would prefer wax paper, which I think more probably more people have in their homes. Um, only because, and both work, but only because with wax paper you can see through it, and that kind of helps a little bit, I mm-hmm. think, because it's more trans transparent than parchment. Um, the other thing is that if you just get so you want to roll it in between two sheets of wax paper or parchment, whatever you happen to have, and then put a little bit of flour, tiny bit of flour on top of your pie crust, just sprinkle it on with your hand, and then put the wax paper on. And, you know, on either side of your pie crust, put the, put the flour and then the wax paper on top of that. And then if you just get a little bit of water on your hand and touch the surface under the wax paper where you're going to roll it out, then it will help keep that wax paper with the pie crust inside it from slipping all over the counter, which makes it hard to roll, especially when your dough is really chilled. So it will help that stick or like adhere to the countertop so you can get a good grip on it to roll it out. So that's just a little helpful hint. What do you do? All of the above, but I did forget about that water thing. I just roll it out. But I remember, I remember Dad doing that, and it—I mean—it just makes sense. I use parchment paper, but I think that I agree that wax paper because I just have it. I think that wax paper definitely works better. Sorry, I'm dying. It's gonna make for good listening. Is this gonna be your hopefully, first, first and last podcast? I'm hopefully at the tail end of a cold and I think like all the talking is a little hard on my throat and my cough right now oh okay chug some cough syrup oh is that what's in your glass with the ice yeah aka cough syrup (laughs) excuse me do you need a moment is this is this (laughs) yeah we will is this where we play that you know the nice music do 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 I'm going to go cough up alone. <laughs> okay, I'll talk. Yeah. So, Grandma and Dad used to make the best pies, and some of them, we like you did for your pies this week, we would go out and pick the berries. Sometimes when we were camping, or just in the, in the yard um, growing up. But we would always also go out and pick berries around the um, Pacific Northwest area, and in California growing up, and then we would come home, and the ones that we didn't eat, we would make pie with. It was, like, I feel, like, very fortunate to grow up in a family that knew how to bake and put a pie together, because that might be why it's near and dear to my heart versus cake. I feel like I probably had pie before I had cake. I think Dad used to, like, to make the apple pie, and we would go in and, like, steal the apples while I was slicing them. And not until I made my first apple pie did I realize why it it was very painful to, like, have somebody come in and steal the apples that you had sliced. Yeah, that's like, totally over. a labor of love right there. Yeah. And I was but like, I oh. just, He makes the most beautiful pies. Like, yeah. the picture-perfect, mounded top, golden brown yeah. apple pie. Yeah, he's the master. I was thinking about just pie in general, and do you remember that story, the pickle chiffon pie book? Yes. 
<laughs> we used to read that all the time. Yeah, I know, right? And so I was thinking that's really, that's, that's kind of funny. And I like pickles too, which, so, two of my favorite things. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. It's okay. I'm sorry you're sick. Yeah, pickle, pickle chiffon. But, you okay? I'm okay, I just need a little more whiskey. Yeah. That's what I thought was in yeah. the glass. So anyways, do we, do we touch on, we touched on almost five, five pointers. We did crust. Oh, I guess the other, we were going to do five pointers about the crust. Is there another one? Besides cold ingredients. Don't, oh, yes, don't over mix. Okay. So let's talk about, um, do you, um, and I think people sort of do this a little bit differently, but do you pre-bake your bottom crust? No. I don't bake it when I'm baking, like, a berry pie. If it was, like, a, a custard pie or a lemon meringue or something like that, or a Boston cream or something like that, you would pre-bake your pie crust. But I don't really make those. Those are not my thing. I just like the berries and the apple. <laughs> I'm a little prejudiced. <laughs> You're into the berries. I'm into the berries, the apples, and, like, I like the sweet potato pie, and have you ever had shoe fly pie, Beth? No. It's like crack. I think it's like <laughs> like the momofuku pie out here is like, well, they call it crack pie, but it's pretty much brown sugar and butter. Oh, yeah. On pie crust. Sounds right up Yeah. <laughs> I think if you like added like a bourbon cream, that would be the only thing that would make that butter. How about you? If you... If you're experiencing, well, just a kind of a troubleshooting angle, if you're experiencing getting, you know, your pie all cooked nice and golden brown on top like you like it and the, and the filling is done, but then a lot of people will have that doughy crust underneath crust. In the very topping. bottom so, center, yeah. What's up? In the very bottom center. Yeah, so to troubleshoot that, you can pre-bake it a little bit and... Um, what you want to do is just, you know, put that bottom shell in there and then um, dock it. What's called docking is basically you just take a fork and you poke several holes in it. And the purpose of that is to let the steam escape so that you don't have steam trapped underneath your pie crust. Um, that's creating like a, a basically a steamed crust, which would be soggy because you want the, those flaky layers down below too. So um, dock it, and then you can put some parchment paper in it, fill it with beans, so that keeps it nice and flat to the bottom so it doesn't bubble up and you have this dome. And then you just pop it in the oven and bake it. Um, I I think I usually bake my pies on 425. Is that what you're doing? Yeah. About and 425 when degrees. When so you're bake it for a good, like, 10 minutes. 10, 15 minutes, um, right. Yeah. And then pull it out and fill it. And do the rest, do your top crust, and then put it back in the oven and, and bake the rest of it. So if you, like I said, you know, if you're experiencing that troublesome area where the pie on the, the crust on the bottom is not cooking, but the rest of it is, then that's a good thing to try. Mm -hmm. And would you do that, like, if you were like, I'm going to overfill this pie and it's going to be, like, it's going to take extra long to cook, or versus the ones that have, like, less filling? Or you just kind of universally do that a little bit before you, or does it matter? Um, yeah, I, I don't know that 
it matters or is it just how much you fill it depend on your more, oven yeah it's more of like your pie crust recipe I think so you know I think we're probably gonna try and share our recipes that we like um, but if other people have recipes that they like but they're just having that little problem of getting the bottom to cook maybe try that if you haven't tried that yet yeah we are gonna share they'll be on the notes I'll put them in there people are lucky (laughs) so I think we talked a little bit about travel and stuff like that and you started sharing one of your favorite places in Dallas Mm -hmm. and um, the smooth operator pie do they have other pies that have names of Sade songs (laughs) <laughs> or uh, or is that just the one? Um, I think that, like now I'm, now I'm gonna like that song's gonna be stuck in my head for the rest of the night. I think that's the only Sade song. Um, Pie. If you wanna if you wanna see if there are any more Sade songs, you can look up Emporium Pies, Dallas, <laughs> Texas. They they have fantastic pies. They really know what they're doing there and. When I was in Dallas for, I think I was there for a total of six months, I, I definitely hit that place up. <laughs> there you go to. one of my favorite places. And so that's Dallas, but you're now on the West Coast. And oh, yes. Yeah, so I'm in Tacoma. Amy is in Brooklyn. So we are an entire continent almost good i'm glad you got your geography Away from each other. yeah yeah my favorite place in brooklyn since you asked and you've been there and we try to go there at least once every time you come out here is not too far from my apartment it's four and twenty two of my favorites that they make i love apple pie so two of my favorites that they make is the salted caramel apple pie and then mm, yum. the yeah, it's it's so good, and they do a really good crust there. And then the salty honey pie, which I think you and I shared a piece of the last the time. The salted honey pie is to die for. Yeah, that's the one that is very similar to the Sweetie D's. There's a place called Sweetie D's in Portland, Oregon. Yeah, that makes a pie, and I don't know what they call theirs it might even be salted honey pie i'm not sure but um they make a pie very similar to that which is also to die for yeah it's funny because when we went out there we actually zach and i asked zach's our brother and we asked them if they knew of four and twenty and i and the the girl that was helping us was like oh yeah we've heard of them and their pie <laughs> so i they have a little Portland and Brooklyn have a little uh, sibling rivalry going and so do their pie shops I know I know I know but you know like 4 and 20 actually put a bird on it and just like the reference to their name so (laughs) they might have something a little bit on Sweetie D right there so yeah Yeah. so if you if you are listening to this and you are in Brooklyn you should definitely check out 4 and 20 and if you're in Dallas, you should definitely check out Emporium Emporium Pies, right? Emporium Pies. Yeah. And in Portland, Oregon, Sweetie D. Sweetie D's and Random Order. We didn't mention Random Order, but Random Order uh, also has amazing pies. 
so in that's, Portland, Oregon. That's four places. Um, I haven't tried any Tacoma. I don't know if there are any Tacoma pie shops. We'll have to seek some out and see. I just recently moved here a couple months ago, so I'll have to see if I can find some good pie around these parts. Um, cool. So maybe we should close because it sounds like you need to kind of swig some more whiskey and get better. And it's approaching midnight here, so. Oh, well, yeah. I need to get up and bake in the morning. So. (laughs) So thanks for listening to our first podcast. Uh, oh, we didn't tell you the name of it. Should we tell? Should we tell them the name? <laughs> <laughs> We're so good at this. <laughs> it's it's so top secret. Wait, I don't know the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody told me the name of it. <laughs> you didn't get the memo. I didn't get the memo. Girl, how much whiskey is in that glass? <laughs> it's called Sugar no Town. Whiskey. Yeah. It's ruby red vodka. <laughs> oh. You ruby red vodka. You're drinking the. Champagne. You're drinking the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the bubbly. <laughs> That's going to dry out your throat. It's not going to make it better. <laughs> Don't tell me that. Now here I go. All right. Our next podcast is uh, going to be about bourbon. No. Um, yeah. So our podcast is called Sugar Town, and it's uh, about baking, travel, and connecting to your roots because everybody like that I've told that. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're, re- you know, I know. <laughs> that should be the byline. Sweets, travel, no blow, except for the fact that we're, like, blowing a lot of hot air right now. Check us out on uh, Instagram, um, Facebook, and we're going to post some recipes for you to try out yourself. If you do so feel inclined to bake with beer or berries or bourbon, or all of the above. Signing out. This is Amy. This is Bappies. Mm-hmm.